Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. If you haven't been here before, uh, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Are You Ready to Die? And uh, it's kind of like a, like a life insurance sermon series. You know what I'm talking about? Like you have life insurance, but you don't really want to use it, right? And if you have to use it, somebody else is going to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, like, this, is, this sermon series is not, I, I want to die. <laughs> it is uh, live a life that is uh, going in the direction of understanding temporary and eternity and uh, living a life that matters. And so I told you a few weeks ago, I said, listen, um, time is something that is precious in your life. You're not going to get more of it. Um, you can't buy it. And so you can't save it. You got to spend it. You can waste it or you can invest it. So I'm encouraging you, make sure you're investing your time. If you were here the last two weeks, two things. I said, uh, here's ways you waste your time. Number one, you sweat the small stuff. Stop sweating the small stuff. I got to remind myself of that every day of my life. Don't sweat the small stuff. I was just talking to one of the guys that plays up here that wears cowboy boots. And every time he plays on this stage, he's cowboy boots leave a mark on the stage. And when I walk up over it, I, I get mad at him. I've known him for a long time. I'm like, just wear normal shoes, man. And so and we were laughing, and I said, but I'm not supposed to sweat the small stuff, right? And so just let it go. Last week, I told you, don't hold grudges. They have no value in your life. So you're holding on to stuff that you shouldn't be holding on to. Don't hold a grudge. Next week, we're going to take a look at uh, doing what God has called you to do. Take, take the step of faith. Um, faith is not, I have all the answers. Faith is I'm going to trust God with the next step. I'm going to be obedient, and God, I'm going to let, let the outcome in his hands. And so we're going to encourage you, uh, go for the thing that God is calling you to go for. Don't live your life with regret. Uh, today I want to talk to you on the topic of focus, of focus. And so um, my wife tells me one of my number one flaws is I am not a focused person. Anybody else? And what that means is, like, I'll, I'll be in a mid-conversation and I'll shoot, I'll take up right over here. So I'll be talking to her, and then I can start yelling at one of my kids in the same thing. And then I'll come back to her conversation, which she tells me is not okay, right? And so I, I, I'm trying to do multiple things at once. I call that a high-functioning person. Um, she says you lack focus, right? You, you, you should go see a counselor. You should fix this, right? A lack of focus. And here's the problem. Um, you can do two things at once, but you can't do two things at once well. A lack of focus. In fact, uh, this last week I was reminded of this. I needed to work on this. And so I am a very, just, I go. Like I, I, I can do multiple things at once, maybe not good. And so every day of my life at Journey Church, stuff comes in for the church. Toilet paper comes in. And literally, the FedEx driver and the, and the Amazon drivers and the UPS drivers were BFFs. Like they know where the snacks are at at our church, the drinks. Like we, 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 we hang out. Like we're, we're close, right? They come every day, bring stuff, toilet paper, bring kids supplies, bring, bring stuff. Okay. And so when it comes, um, it's in boxes. And so we have a loading dock at our Phoenixville location where there's two dumpsters and there's one recycling dumpster. And uh, just so you know, those of you who love the earth and you're trying to preserve it and you think you should, you know, uh, do that stuff, um, the same truck picks up the cardboard boxes in the trash, puts it in the same thing. And so you think you're saving the earth and you're not. I'm just letting you know. And so, um, 
But we put the, but they ask us to do it, so we break down our cardboard boxes, we put them in the cardboard bin, we put our trash over there. Every day of my life at Journey Church, at some point, I find a box, I take it to the thing, it's almost brainless. Uh, I step on the, 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 it's a little bit off of the edge where, where you can walk, I'll step off of it, I dump the, the cardboard in, I step back, I go. It's become such a part of my, my life that it's, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. And so I step on and I step off. Okay, so this week, they didn't put it back in the exact spot they're supposed to put it back in. So I was walking, I was talking, I was looking at a door that was open. I was paying attention to that because it was cold outside. I was asking myself, why do you live in Pennsylvania? This is so stupid. Um, I'm thinking about putting my box, my box in, the, in the dumpster. I'm also thinking about what's for lunch and thinking about church and thinking about the Eagles and why they lost. And all these things are going on in my head. My wife's texting me. All, all this stuff's happening, right? I'm doing all these things at once. And so I go to step on the dumpster, uh, but they moved the dumpster a little bit. And I want to show you what happened when you don't have focus. And so the cool thing about this building is there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> so they, they see everything. So I, I, I fell. Nobody saw me. But then I realized, oh, my gosh, the building manager has this on video. And I want to see what happens, right? And so he, here's the video. I'm walking. Here's the video. Can you just play the video? Uh, I'm walking. And you'll see me just boom. <laughs> there it is again. Boom. <laughs> now I want you to notice the box still went in the hoop. Did you notice that? I was committed, just whoa, right? Nobody saw me. I quickly got up, looked around, ran back to my thing. And it, too many focuses. I could have died, so you're laughing at the fact that I could have been dead, right? Too many focuses means you have no focus. And today I want to talk to you about focusing on what really matters. Focusing on what really matters. It's hard to focus for a long period of time on things that actually matter. A lot of us can do it for a little bit. Think about it. How many of you have ever changed your diet? You focused your diet for just a shorter period of time. You see, you see results and then you go back because it's, it sucks to, eat, to not eat sugar, right? And so, and then you go back and forth. Some of you, uh, Valentine's Day's coming. You're gonna be what? You're gonna focus on your relationship for just a little bit. And it's going to get better. Whatever you focus on gets better. You, you hear a message on time and you focus on being a better dad or a better mom or a better employer or a better follower of Christ. But life comes at you and you easily lose your focus. And you, you see this even in scripture. It's not like it's a new human problem. Um, all humans struggle with this. All followers of Christ struggle with this, right? And so there's this great example in Scripture. I was, like, I was like, God, lead me to an example where it's really practical. And so um, Paul, if you've ever been here before, we read through the Bible. We get to the New Testament. A lot of what we read is written by a guy named Paul. You don't know anything about the Bible. Um, the Bible, I've told you before, if you've been here, it's not a, one, a book written by one person um, in a cave somewhere. Like that's, if you have a, a Mormon friend, that's them. And so like this is, the Bible is a, is a book written over 1,600 years um, in three different languages on three different continents by 40 different authors. It's not one book, it's 66 books. Uh, the New Testament, 500 years of silence, and then the, or the Old Testament, then the New Testament. The New Testament goes Matthew to the book of Revelation. You ever want to be up at night, read Revelation. And so Matthew to Revelation. In that part of the New Testament, big portions of it are written by a guy named Paul. His real name or his original name was Saul. And he starts, you meet him in scripture in the book of Acts. He hates Jesus and he hates the church and he wants to kill Christians. He's actually responsible for the first Christian martyr, Stephen. And uh, he wants to go kill more Christians. And Jesus changes his life on, the Bible says, on the way to Damascus, on the road to Damascus. 
He gets saved. He becomes a pastor. He starts churches, church plants, a missionary, and he travels the known world starting churches. And so when you read the, the Bible, you read books like Corinthians and Colossians and Ephesians. What they are is letters that he writes back to a church that he started or that somebody else started. And what he's doing is he's correcting, he's rebuking, he's encouraging, he, he's saying, hey, let's get back to the basics. He does the same thing oftentimes that we'll do in church. We're going to remind ourselves, are we focused on the right thing. When he travels, he takes people with them because nobody wants to travel alone, right? There's nothing to do. There's no phones. There's no TV. They got to talk to each other, actually. And so he brings friends with him. And you meet these different friends. We don't know a lot about them, but you know they're with, with Paul when he's traveling. Colossians 4 tells us our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and so and Demas send their greetings. So he's traveling, he has Luke a doctor with them, and he has his friend Demas, and he's saying, hey, when, when we get this letter, we want you to know in Colossae, they say hi too. And then he tells the, in Philemon, he says, and so do Mark, now I can't pronounce this dude's name, so we're just gonna call him Archie, right? Mark, oh, don't get cute, right? Archie, and, and what's the name again you see? Do you see the name again? Can you, is that up? Can you bring that up? Do we have that? Demas, right? Is, maybe it's not up there. Okay, so Demas, right? Luke, my fellow workers. And so twice, twice you have, the, you have the, the name Demas, right? So Demas is a close friend. He's focused. He, 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 he's, he's excited. He's sacrificial. He's following Paul. They're starting churches. They're going all over the world. Okay, we meet him again in the book of, of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we meet Demas one more time. Now, we don't know anything about Demas, but here's the last time we hear about Demas. The Bible says, do your best to come to me quickly. Paul's in prison now. He says, hey, come and see me, Timothy. Like, I, I, I miss you. I'm lonely. He says, for Demas, so Demas is his friend, with him, with him, with him. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Something happens. Paul gets locked up. He sees the situation. He loses focus of what's important. He no longer wants to be about the gospel and eternity. And the Bible says that he deserts. That word desert in, the, in Greek means at the lowest of lows, when Paul desperately needed a friend, Demas bailed. And it tells you exactly why he bailed. It doesn't say he was sick. Um, it, 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 it doesn't say he needed to go see his family. It said this. It said, because he ends up loving the world, he ends up abandoning Paul. In fact, the book of John tells us this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. It goes on to say, for everything in the world, now you can find yourself oftentimes in this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. What happened to Demas? He began to love the world. When you begin to love the world, it makes it really hard to continue to love the Lord. Oftentimes, they compete against one another. That's why the Bible says over and over and over again, 2 Corinthians, it says, so fix your eyes on what is seen. Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter. Fix your eyes on what is seen because what is, what is uh, unseen, uh, not on what is unseen, because what is unseen or seen is temporary. I'm butchering this verse, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm going to get it next service. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. <laughs> what, is, what is seen? What does he say? When you look at something, it's temporary. Why do we have such a hard time with eternity? <laughs> We've never been there. 
We, we, have, we have right now. We think about right now. But the Bible says don't focus on right now. Focus on eternity. Don't focus on just the world. Focus on heaven. Focus on Jesus. Don't, because oftentimes they go, they go against each other. You got to focus on the right thing. What happened to Demas? He lost focus of the gospel and he began to focus on the things of this world and he walked away from his faith. It's hard for us to understand eternity, right? Like, uh, let me give you an example. If I say, hey, I used to live in Oklahoma. What's the first thing you think about Oklahoma? Come on, you got to preach with me, right? Okay, not all of you at once, right? Just, what's the first thing? Oklahoma, go. Somebody said tornado. That's true. Oklahoma sucks, right? And so, but I, when I ask people before, I, I remember when I first moved to Oklahoma and I would come home to Boyertown and I would tell people, they say, hey, what are you doing? I would say, I'm living in Oklahoma now, a place called Edmond. And they almost looked at me like they felt sorry for me. And I'm like, bro, you live in Boyertown, right? It doesn't get any more stickish than Boyertown, right? Like, I live in Edmond, no, Edmond isn't Oklahoma, like, you know, I saw the play Oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping in, and I'm like, no, no, I live in Edmond, which is a suburb of Oklahoma City, which, which is very much like Philadelphia, it's Oklahoma City, it's Edmond, it's Moore, it's Norman, it's, it's OU University, they're all right, right, right there, it's, there's actually a lot of people there. there, there's actually electricity in Oklahoma, right? Like, <laughs> They actually have malls, and they have style there, and, and it's, the taxes are low, and it's probably a lot better than where we live. But, but for them, most people, when, when I ask people, where are you going on vacation, I have never had somebody tell me, man, we're going on this great vacation. Oh, where are you going? We're going to Oklahoma. <laughs> right? And so because it's not a destination, most people, when you say it, it instantly, and so it's hard for us to understand eternity because no one's ever been there. We understand temporary, but the Bible says don't think about just temporary Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on what is unseen, not just on what is seen. Here's what happens to so many of us. We fill our lives with the temporary while trying to squeeze in the eternal. That's that's how we live. We fill our lives with temporary while trying to squeeze in the the eternal. And so what I want to do is I want to tip that over, so to speak, And I want to begin to evaluate, filter out my own life. Okay, how much am I focused on things that are actually going to matter? How much of eternity am I actually thinking about? Because that's that's what really matters. Like temporary is going to pass away. So here's what happens. When you begin to fix your eyes, when you begin to change the way you see things, when you begin to focus on what matters, it changes things. Let me, they asked a group of 95-year-olds. That's old, by the way. 95-year-olds, they said, if you could do your life one more time, what would you do? Now, here. Very rarely they say, I would buy a bigger house. I would have saved more for retirement. Like it's just going away in this nursing home. It's amazing, right? Um, I would have bought a bigger boat. I would, yeah, I would have traveled more. Sometimes you think, oh man, if you would just travel more, your life would be content, right? The overall answer, more than not, was I would invest my life in more endeavors that will live on after I'm gone. If I could do life again. I would spend more time investing myself in areas and in things that were eternal, not just temporary. It changes things. Here's three things that changes. When I, when I start to think about eternity and I focus on what matters, here's just a few things. The first thing it does is it changes how I view people. It changes how I view people. So um, this, this, this famous lecturer was trying to communicate to a room like this. The difference between temporary and eternal. So he got a, a, a thing of red stickers out. And he began to place them on the temporary things in the room. 
So for instance, some of you have commented on my shoes today. You just looked at my shoes. You're like, oh, where'd you get those? How much do we pay the pastor? Like, what's going on, right? <laughs> I know how people think in church. And so, and I just, look, like, I just want you to know, these were a gift. And even if they weren't, it's none of your business. And so, uh, but these were a gift. I did a wedding. And uh, when, I did the, when I did the wedding, um, the guy had, had all of his groomsmen get, these are called pandas, I guess. And so, had all of his groomsmen wear pandas at the reception. And because he didn't want me to feel left out, he bought me a pair too. And so, um, if you want to one up that at the next wedding, I'll take some Jordans. And so, <laughs> right? And these shoes are crispy. I wore these one time at the, at the, at the, 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 the wedding. I didn't even wear them outside. I didn't want to get them dirty. And I, had, I was like, should I wear them today? Shouldn't I wear them? I'm like, I'm going to put them on. But I don't got crease protectors on them. And like, are you supposed to time? Are you not supposed to time? The laces are under my feet right now, messing it up. And, but cool people don't tie their shoes. And like, just all this stuff going on in my life. And, uh, but I, but I want to remind you, these shoes are what? You, you see me in a year, these are going to be my mowing shoes. I'm just saying. I, I don't take care of shoes. I don't spend lots of money on shoes. I wear them out. I wear them outside. I'll run outside to get something. I'll chase one of my kids outside. I'll do something like that. They'll get ruined, and they'll be literally in my garage at some, at some point. These shoes are what? Tell me again. Okay, temporary. Okay, my haircut. I tried. I tried. I wish I could get an implant in my hair where they take hair away and my fade just stays all the time. But my haircut, what is it? Think about how much I think about it, though. I get my haircut. If I don't have my haircut, I won't be able to preach this week. Right? Okay. My car that I have outside, your car. I'm not, I, can't, I can't sticker it right now. But what is it? Okay, this stage. This stage, what is it? Like, I might get mad at, at cowboy boots over here, right? And so, <laughs> but the truth is, this stage is temporary. It's, te- it's temporary. Travis, you got your wallet with you? <sighs> Let me see that real fast. That's temporary for you, buddy. And so, I'm just going to take that. <laughs> Trust too much. Think about how much we think about money. I mean, it controls our life. Money, listen, money is a gift from God when it's used right, but it's a horrible God. We look to it for happiness and security, and it provides neither. You can never have enough. In fact, some of you have more now than you ever thought you were ha- would have, and it's still, it's still temporary. And everything, here you go, Travis, I'm just joking. I see you looking at me like, are you going to steal my wallet? Uh, maybe, and so... It's temporary. So then after he started, I mean, he, he put stickers everywhere. I don't have time to do that. Um, then he took out blue stickers. And he began to place them on the only, only eternal things in the room. The only things that uh, are going to last forever. So he began to call people up. Let me just call Travis one more time since I've taken your wallet. And so here, Travis. People. He started to go around and, uh, and put stickers on, on people. Who else do I know here? That? <laughs> Everybody's like, don't call me up. I won't do it to you. And he began to sticker people all over the place. This concept, actually, it comes from the Bible, but uh, more, more recently, a man named C.S. Lewis had this thinking. If you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, 
Um, C.S. Lewis was an atheist. Um, he was an Oxford student. He was really smart. He didn't believe in God. And then through his studies and experience, he, had, he began a relationship with Jesus. And his life changed, and he became a great scholar of the faith. Like if you, when, when, I, was, when I was younger in 2005, if you didn't mention C.S. Lewis in your sermon, it wasn't a sermon. And C.S. Lewis was famous for having this concept, this understanding of temporary versus eternal. And he says this, he says, you have to understand there are no ordinary people. And what you look at is ordinary. You have never talked to a mere mortal. He says nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, those are mortal. Their life is to ours as the life of a gnat, but it is immortals whom we joke with. Immortals who we work with, who we marry, who we snub, who we exploit, who we gossip about. That is the only thing in your life that will live forever. Your stuff will go. I have never done a funeral where they bring a boat to the funeral and they bury the boat in the ground with somebody. Not a house, not possessions. It's it's people. In fact, Jesus, he he talked about this. One day somebody came and they argued. Think about how many times you get upset about stuff. I didn't get my stuff. I don't have my stuff. My stuff is broken. Jesus was having this conversation. Luke chapter 12, in the crowd, somebody said, uh, in the crowd, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Me and my brother, we got this free money. He needs to divide it up. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not exist in the abundance of possessions. It's not all about the possessions that you have in your life. In fact, um, some of you maybe have asked the question, what does it look like to follow, follow the Lord? What does that look like in the day-to-day? Jesus had that question asked him, and he answered real simply. Watch what he said. Love the Lord your God, Matthew 22, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and here's the second. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You start to look at life, and you go, okay, my life is short, And if I'm going to focus on what matters, it's going to be people, how I look at people. I want to do two things. I want to make sure that I'm investing, and I want to make sure that I'm impacting everywhere I go. At the end of my life, that is the currency of the success of my life. I want to impact, and I want to invest everywhere I go. In fact, Jesus said it. He told this story this one time. And he said this. He said, hey, uh, he said, it's like when you get to heaven, you're going to hear, come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. He explains it like this. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when do we see all those things? And he'll say, whatever you did for one of the least of the brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Life is, at the end, when you're focusing on what matters, will only be about your investment in people. Number two, uh, it's going to change. Here's here's an important one. When you live for eternity, it changes how you make personal choices. It changes how, I want you to think about this. How many of your personal choices you make are strictly based on temporary feelings? I'm going to make this decision right now. Because this is how I feel right now in our culture. Um, what do they say? They say, uh, follow your truth. That's my, I love that one. And so, right, live your truth. Speak your truth, right? Share your truth. 
Okay, and so, um, but they used to say this before truth became the thing, right? Because uh, truth is hard to argue with. If it's your truth, that's just weird. And so, but truth has to be truth all the time. And so, okay, another sermon. And so, um, but they used to say this. They would say, follow your heart. Your heart wants, I've counseled people like that. They'll be like, my heart just doesn't want this anymore. I'm like, okay. My heart has never wanted broccoli in my life, ever. It is always, I found a cinnamon or a, a sticky bun in a, in a bag yesterday out in the garage. Somebody's lunch has been sitting out there. I opened it up, I ate it, I couldn't help it. I was like, how long has it been sitting here? Maybe since last year, it was good. Why'd I eat it? Because my heart wanted it. It was my truth. It was there, right? It was meant to be. It was put in my path. It was divine intervention, right? And so, I mean, this is what we do, right? I mean, my heart wants this, right? It's one of the dumbest things in the world that people say. The Bible says this about your heart. Your heart, watch this, Jeremiah 17, is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Too many times we make temporary decisions based on temporary feelings instead of making long-term decisions based on eternal foundations. Let me just, your, your sin, I got to get the sticker off my hair. Your sin, your sin that you make, the sin that you step into, the decisions that you make that are outside of God's will, they, they're only temporary. Let me just go over a list because I feel like in the room this size, there's people um, probably on the brink of making a temporary decision and not thinking about eternity, right? So like uh, that affair that you're about to decide to have is temporary. It's just going to temporarily make stuff better because the same person who's going into the rea that relationship is, is the person that's in this relationship right now. Like it's just temporary, the, the, the divorce that you're going to walk out of is temporary. The, the moment you decide to cheat at work or at school, and it, it's temporary. That decision to look at porn because you're lonely, it's just, just temporary. That one night stand, temporary. That purchase you can't afford, temporary. Like everything we do when we make decisions, oftentimes based on our feelings, they're just temporary, right? It's our heart, but our heart is deceiving. Is deceiving. Here's what I want, to, want you to remember. I want you to say this to yourself. When you're feeling a certain way, when you're starting to make temporary decisions, when you're not valuing and, and, and evaluating, okay, what is this going to look like in eternity? Who is this going to affect? How much long, how long is this going to change the trajectory of my life? Is this going to impact my kids forever? Whenever you're about to make a decision, whatever it looks like, and it's going to be outside of the will of God or the truth of God, I want you to tell, tell yourself, my my feelings are fiction. Go ahead and say, say, it feels good. Some of you are like, I'm in a bad mood today. That's fiction. You're in a bad mood. You shouldn't be. God woke you up. And if he would have woke you up according to your attitude, whoo, you won't be here. Your, your feelings are what? You, every day you need to tell yourself, I'm thinking about doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. I tell myself all the time. I tell you this jokingly all the time. I don't want to do this job most days. Like, I, I'm, some, I'm just like, oh, I just can't do this. Oh, I don't think I can do this. Oh, I don't think I can preach tomorrow. I, and I got to remind myself, my heart is deceitful above all. And my feelings are what? Fiction. Shut up, Steve, right? Don't listen to yourself. Follow the truth of God. Instead, I'm going to base my ways on God's word. One of the best verses in scripture. You ready for it? You're going to follow God. Pro, or Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, submit. That's an important word. I, I very rarely meet a Christian who both is, says, God, you can have my heart in salvation and you can have my ways in submission. Very rarely. M- most of the time, we'll give Jesus our heart and say, you can be my Lord, but we still want to have access and say over the direction of our life. But this verse says, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Involve God in every decision of your life. Here's how you do it. You ready? Um, you go to God's word first. You don't go to your BFF from sixth grade. You don't go to Google. You don't go to Dr. Phil or Oprah, whoever's famous right now. You don't listen to that famous, that famous uh, uh, influencer. You don't even listen to that famous pastor. You don't even listen to me first. That, that's, how, that, that's how the Catholic Church came into existence. That's the problem. You don't listen to that. You go to God's word. God's word will never lead you astray. God's word will never contradict his will for your life. You go to God's word. You confirm with wise counsel. What does that mean? You find somebody who is farther along in their walk with the Lord, and you say to them, here's what I feel like God is saying. Here's what the word of God says. Am I hearing right? And wise counsel will say this and then say yes. And then the third thing is you do what you're supposed to do. I'm going to think about every decision that I make. Number three, last one. When you have an eternal understanding, you're focused on the right things, um, it changes who I want to please with my life. It, it impacts who I want to please. And so let me just, end of your life, let's just pretend you're going to die tomorrow. You're dead. Okay. All the people sitting beside you, they don't matter. The clothes you have in your, in your, in your closet does not come with you. The money you have in the bank or in cryptocurrency, whatever you have, it stays here. The pictures and the memories of vacation, they don't come with you. That stuff does not come with you. You don't stand before God with your resume and say, here's the things I've done. Here's the people that can vouch for me. Here's my, you know, they, they, they saw my potential. It's just you and God, end of your life. You take your last breath on this earth, whatever, how. And your next breath is with, with God in heaven, standing before the throne. I want you to picture this. Standing there. And the Bible says at the end of your life, you'll hear one of two things. One of two things, everybody. Because the Bible says this. No matter what you believe here, someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So you can bow by your own will now or you can bow in eternity. But someday, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You'll get to heaven someday and you'll hear one of two things. What you don't want to hear is depart from me, I never knew you. And here, here's what's sad. Um, the Bible was really clear that a lot of people who go to church every week, a lot of religious people are going to hear that. That's terrifying to me. They're going to say, well, no, I, I went to church and I prophesied in your name and, 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 and I did all the religious things and I put my kids in confirmation class and I had a plot. I, God, I'm, bur- I'm buried at the Mennonite church. Look down, right? He's going to say, yeah, but when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. When I was cold, you didn't clothe me. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. Like your, your life was really, like it was religious, but it was really about you. You put a lot of temporary and you tried to squeeze in the eternal. A lot of people are going to surprisingly hear, depart from me, I never knew you. They have no fruits of what God has done in their life. They have no proof that God has changed their life. They, they just, religious. Okay, 
others of us are going to get to heaven. And we're going to take this whole thing seriously. Okay, I'm going to live for eternity. Okay, I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. I'm going to allow that faith to, to, to change me. I'm going to live differently. I'm going to have a different view, a different goal, a different... Okay, and you get to heaven. And uh, it's not about how much you've accomplished, right? That's not what it's about because you have faith in Christ. But that faith in Christ transformed your life. It impacted your life. And you're going to hear, there's one thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Those are the two options. Depart from me, I never knew you, or well done, good and faithful servant. So when you decide, hey, that's the direction I want to go, when you live for eternity, it impacts who you actually care about pleasing. A lot of us are so concerned with pleasing people in the temporary. Um, we won't do what we're supposed to do because we have people that are, that are there. Like, I don't, it's going to make them mad. Some of us, we won't get baptized because it'll offend a parent. They, they baptized me when I was a kid. I know I didn't have faith then, and you know it was religious, and but I, and then now I'm following Christ, and I should get baptized. But I don't want to offend them. And it's like, no, no, you have, you're living for the temporary. If you're living for eternal, you're, it's going to change who you're actually trying to, to please in your life. In fact, Paul says in Second Corinthians, we make it our goal to please Him whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. I read this quote this week and it shook me. It said there's this common worldly kind of Christianity in our day, which many have. And they think it's enough. It's a cheap Christianity. It offends nobody. It requires no sacrifice. It costs nothing. And ultimately it's worth nothing. Paul understood this. I know I'm giving you a lot of the Bible today, but I think that's kind of important in, 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 in a sermon. And Paul says it again in Galatians. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Because I'm trying to, if I'm, or am I trying to please people? Because I'm still trying to please people. I couldn't be a servant of God. In other words, pleasing God many times will come at the expense of pleasing others. It changes you. Like you're going to disappoint somebody in your life. Why are you okay with disappointing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Why you keep everybody happy. And I can tell you, live long enough in your faith and do what God has called you to do and you are going to disappoint people. This church is here today after 15, 16 years because we are experts in disappointing people to the glory and the honor of the King of Kings. I can't tell you how many times Christians are really good at taking a church and you know, taking it in the wrong direction. And we've had to say, now we're going to keep it back in this direction. And we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. And they leave the church and they're mad and they huff and puff. And they take their spiritual ball and go to another church, right? And you have to go, listen, I love you. I want good for your life. But at the end of my life, God is not going to say to me, good job, you kept everybody happy. God's going to say, how did you steward the church that I gave you? Did you keep it on mission? Did you, did you continue to exist for those not yet here? Or did you let your church get hijacked by a bunch of people who've lost the joy of their salvation and don't live with the mission? And so what did you do with that? Okay, God, I got to make sure I'm willing to please you and not man in this situation so that I can bring glory and honor to what you've called me to do. If you live for the temporary, you will always struggle with that. If you live for the eternal, people become smaller in your life. And the Lord, he becomes what? He becomes bigger. Here's one of the, this is one of these sermons that when you start to talk about it, there, there's really no way to, to do anything without your, your involvement. Like I can preach all I want, 
but without your involvement. So for some of you, your involvement is that one thing you were going to do that was temporary and going to hurt your life, you're just not going to do it. Like that, that's what I prayed. God, stop an affair today. The church tends to be like Jerry Springer. You know what I'm talking about? Like you read, you read in the book, in the Bible, they read the church of Corinth. You're like, what the heck was wrong with these people? You got a son sleeping with his mother-in-law and people are excited about it in the church. And Paul's having to write his letter to tell them, that's not okay, right? Sometimes it's like Jerry Springer, but if I can stand up here and one person in this church can go, you know what, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna walk into that, right? I'm gonna live for the eternal, not the temporary. If that's all that happens from this message, then so be it. Maybe some of you, it's a choice you don't make. Maybe, maybe some of you, it's a, it's a reevaluating of your life. Your, your life is about stuff. You ever notice how much we congratulate people for stuff? Like they get a new car, you're like, congratulations. You get a house, congratulations. They, they, they get clothes, my shoes, congratulations on your shoes. You finally are cool, right? right? And, so, and we congratulate people on stuff that doesn't matter. It's just like, it's like that's going to be gone. That car is going to be rusted. When's the last time you congratulated somebody on something they didn't buy so that they can appear like they're poorer than they actually are so they can make somebody else's life richer? When's the last time? So maybe for some of you, it's just reevaluating your life. Okay, I'm, I'm living with a temporary mindset. I'm fitting all the temporary stuff in, and, and then I'm trying to squeeze in the eternal, and I need to dump out my, my life, and I need to reevaluate and redirect I need to change some stuff. And some of you, it's just your next step. Let's just be honest. Every time we do baptism, somebody steps up to that tank that wasn't planning on doing it. Because baptism is one of those moments. Some of you, you're not getting baptized because somebody said something to you or somebody told you you didn't have to do it or it's going to disappoint somebody or your family members aren't here to watch you and they want to watch you and all this other stuff. And I'm just telling you, some of you in this place, you've gotten saved over the last few months and the Bible says to repent and then get baptized. No questions asked. My, my job is to bring glory and honor, to point my affections towards the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And sometimes when I seek him and I do what he's called me to do, I'm going to let other people down, and that's okay. I'm not sure what you do, but, here's, but there's changes. You, you can, only you can do it. O- only you can reevaluate. And so all over this place, would you stand to your feet? Would you bow your heads or would you close your eyes? And would you find yourself in this message? Find yourself. Maybe you're a Demas. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen Demas, that spirit, play out in people's lives. They come, they get saved, super sacrificial, and they're given everything. Then they get married. Then they have kids. Their priorities change, right? The direction of their life changes. They have less time for church and less time for the gospel and less time for the mission because they got more bills and they got more responsibilities and they got more of this and they got more of that. And the truth is, no, what's happened is, is you've fallen more in love with the world. You're focused on the economy of the world, the direction of the world, the retirement plans of the world. The Bible says they pass away. They fade away. So what do you do? You got to reevaluate. God, where can I give less to the temporary and more to the eternal? Some of you, it's, it's serving. Some of you, like in this church, you just, you just don't have time to serve. Let's be honest. You're just so busy. You have so much stuff on your hands, so much of this, so much of that, and you just can't do it. Like, you just can't even fit it in. And I just, like, that's because you're not supposed to fit it in. You're supposed to get rid of everything else. Everything in this world is supposed to grow dim. 
in the glory of Jesus Christ. So for some of you, you gotta, you gotta change some stuff up. Some of you in this place, like I, I just, as I'm speaking, it's literally like I'm speaking to you. Your marriage is falling apart, you're struggling, somebody else has paid you attention, all the words of the enemy have come into your life, you, 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 it's been explained to you clearly in your head why it's okay, you're justifying, that person's not doing what they're supposed to do, they're not holding up their end of the bargain, they're not coming through, they took the covenant, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's not you, it's them. And you have convinced yourself that God is going to be okay with it. God's will, it never contradicts his word, ever. Bible says he hates divorce. He hates what happens after divorce. You should fight for your marriage. You should go to battle. You should do everything that you can. You should come to marriage counseling. I don't have a babysitter. Divorce is way more expensive than a babysitter. Do everything you got to do. Maybe you're going to cheat. Maybe you're lying about something. Temporary. I'm covering up something I've done with a lie, and I'm just going deeper and darker into this lie. And if I confess it, it's going to cause problems in my life. Listen, you ask God for forgiveness, you go to Him for forgiveness, you confess your sins to others for healing. Some of you, it's I got to have a conversation with somebody, let them know I'm struggling in this area, right? I'm going to make different choices in my life. And some of you, it's just a sheer fact. Listen, you are a people pleaser, not a people lover, they're different. You are a people pleaser. People are too big and God is too small. You need to switch it around. My job is to live for an audience of one, to bring glory and honor to him. My goal is to hear well done, good and faithful servant. And some of you, you just need to allow God to become God in your life. You need to submit all of your ways to him and he will make your path straight. This is one of those messages. Only you, you, you have the message. You know what the Spirit's doing. Only you can make the changes. Only you can evaluate. Only you can adjust. Only you. So maybe right now in this place, you would just begin to pray all over this house, front to back, side to side. Holy Spirit, do, do what you want. You, uh, speak to me, and uh, I'm going to listen, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer through obedience. Lord, I'm going to make some very practical changes. Nothing changes if I don't make changes. All you heard is a sermon. That's all you heard. All you heard is some, some words. What ha- the power is in the response. I'm going to respond to the gospel. Not only do I have ears to hear, but I have willing hands. I have willing feet. I have a willing heart. Spirit of God, would you speak to me? And maybe as we do that, maybe you don't have a relationship with God. We're talking about eternity. Um, you're, you're not just a temporary person. You have a soul. You're going to live forever. The question is, where do you live? The Bible says that because of our sin, the wages of our sin is death and hell. That this is not the stopping ground. That because of the sin that we commit, and we all know we sin and fall short of the glory of God, because of the weight and the, the debt of our sin, the Bible says when our heart stops beating, that we'll spend eternity in a spot called hell. That's what scripture says. We don't brag about that. We don't celebrate that. That breaks our heart. The Bible says all of us are sinners, and all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us are destined for hell. But God steps in. The Bible says that he sent his one and only son, John 3, 16. For God so sent his one and only son, his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For Jesus did not come to condemn the world. You're already condemned. He came to set you free. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Right now, he's here. He's moving. He wants a relationship with you. The Bible says if you would call to him, he would answer. 
I can't live one more day on my own. Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. It's as simple as that. A simple prayer of faith. So every head bowed and every eye closed, front to back, side to side. Some of you have been coming to church for years, but you play church. You play church. You, you come and you go through the motions, but at home you're not that person. But today's going to change. You're like, I'm done with this crap. I'm done with being fake. I'm done with hiding. I'm going to give my full life to Christ. doesn't mean you're perfect. But I can't do it on my own anymore. I need freedom. Others of you, this is your very first Sunday you've ever walked into the building of a church, ever been in a message, ever heard worship. This is your first time ever. And the Spirit of God has been waiting to meet you here. And he wants a relationship with you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Would you let him in? If I'm speaking to you right now as we close in prayer and go into a time of baptism, I don't know Christ, but I need to. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior all over our houses, front to back, side to side. I don't know Christ, but I need to. In Montgomeryville, here in Phoenix, so would you just do me a favor if I'm speaking to you? Don't worry about the person to your right or left. Just you and God. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. Come on all over this house. Would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven? I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to ask him to forgive my sins. I'm going to ask him to heal me and make me whole. If you're in Montgomeryville, would you just keep your hand up? I see a hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see a hand way up there, way up there, yes. Maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't. Let's pray something like this together. Jesus Christ, today I give you my life. From this day forward, you can have it all. I'm never turning back. I'm a brand new person. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. And thank you for making me whole. In your name we pray. All over this place, would you shout amen? Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.